Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lions with it, second and goal from the eight. Down six, but on the move. Chris, working from the gun, looks out to the right, now checks out that Viking defense. Takes the snap, back to pass, looks right, got Chase in the end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions! That's it, pack the bag, start the plane, this game is over! How big is that? And now it's time to start the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, Rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, the guys people are talking about when they discuss monkeys and footballs. Chris and Case. Hey, Idaho ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 208. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How you doing, my man? Chris, I'm good, um, but I uh, I took my girlfriend to the cities, Minneapolis, uh, for her birthday last weekend, deep into Viking territory, enemy territory. Um, we had a good time. Uh, we went to the zoo, and I was very disappointed. There were no lions. Oh, that's no good. I'm disappointed that you took her to Minneapolis. I thought you liked her. All right, in today's show, we got a case study. That's right, a case study of TJ Hawkinson. We're going to talk about Jelani Tavai, and uh, we'll also reveal the secret from the draft. Uh, also going to give you an update on Kelly Stafford. There's some talk about snacks and a whole lot more. we got a great show lined up. Case, you ready to go? I feel personally attacked. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, a couple of quick announcements first. Check us out. Help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from Guam. And, of course, our very first donor, Mathis. Also, Brian B. from I Prevail. Thank you so much for those donations, Brian, for the St. Jude auction. We're getting all that stuff cleared out now. And uh, using that to count out all the money, we'll let everyone know. Uh, don't forget to join us on the Patreon, though. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. All those donations help the show help us become bigger, better, stronger, faster, um, sexier may not be possible. Uh, you just can't, you can't beat this. You just can't beat this. But a little dollar a month will get you access to our Slack chat, the most intelligent Lions chat on the Internet. And people laugh. They come in the chat. They're like, OK, let's check this out. And, and sure as shit, they're like, wow, this is this is really, really good stuff. So a little is a dollar a month on the Patreon gets you that. You get the pre-show show. You get announcements. We talk about the party. We talk about other things that are going on that uh, a lot of people don't know about that we're doing. And uh, you get op- opportunities to take part in some of that stuff and also sometimes discounts on the parties and stuff. So patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast as little as a dollar a month gets you hooked up for that. So uh, make sure to help us out with your Patreon donations. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. And check us out on Twitter at D E 
D-E-T, Lions Podcast. It's D-E-T, Lions Podcast, the very best place to see Case. Behind enemy lines. Ooh. Subscribe on YouTube. We're dying. We're almost there. We're so close, and, and that means we're going to do some really, really killer stuff. We've got uh, actually a couple grand of equipment <laughs> lined up for this, so get those subscribers in. We're like 80-some short or something, so YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Get those subscriptions in. Let us let us give you everything you want via the YouTube slang. Uh, so get those subscriptions in and help us get there. Rate us at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find us. Give us those five-star reviews. We love that. And if you have feedback, you want to tell us about the show, make sure to go over to the subreddit and uh, give us your feedback. Every week we've got a sticky post there, DetroitLions.reddit.com. And uh, if you if you got an improvement, improvement suggestion, you got a, what, something else you'd like to see us do, let us know there. We love that. We interact, take, uh, take part in that all the time, and are more than welcoming for your suggestions. Don't forget the training camp party. Looks like August 3rd. It's going to be Zach Zenner Day. We want you to get your Zach Zenner shirt. Go get your Zach Zenner shirt and your other shirts from DetroitLionsPodcast.com. We've got a merch store, some really, really great stuff there. Uh, we got dog tags. we got phone cases. we got shirts. we got gal shirts. Soon to have some underwear so you can live the pants-free lifestyle with us. All kinds of great stuff there. So check that out. Uh, but remember, August 3rd, training camp party, you will need your Zach Zenner shirt because it is Zach Zenner Day. We've got to support our mans here as the competition and running back heats up. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line, 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Leave us a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And Case, there's a lot. And uh, this week, you've brought something special. You've done this thing, and we got a name for it now. Yeah, yeah, you can see it on the video, those that are watching it on the YouTube channel. Um Case texted me this morning at three in the morning and he said, I am up doing my research. I am all over this shite. So we decided to start a new segment and uh, that's why he was preparing. He was a little nervous. Um, the new segment, you ready? I love this. It's a case study. See how did you see what we did there? Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. Uh, doing a case study and we thought it would be good just to go ahead and start off with the man of the year, at least this year so far. Um, TJ Hawkinson, eighth overall pick by the Lions in the draft and go a little deep for folks, get some information out there that they don't have right now and, uh, something that might be able to arm them for future exciting lions things this year did i set that up right case or yeah that's pretty hanging? good that's pretty good we'll deal <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call a professional segue in the business <laughs> um no you know i'd been promising to to try to take a look at the tj hawkinson pick from as many possible angles as i could come up with and the truth of the matter is that i'm sure i'll think of other ways to look at it you know as we go you know through the off season but uh, I, 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 I spent a couple hours at least, you know, racking my brain for every possible angle that you could look at the pick, the good, the bad, the, you know, whatever, um, and, and the neutral and then the things that, you know, we don't know. Um, so, okay, the, the, the first big point, and this is, I, I don't want people to think that I'm going to come in here with like all negative thoughts or anything like that. Is but the first point do? and the first point, well, sometimes um, <laughs> the first point, and I know we've already talked about it. Um, I know it's your favorite topic, um, but I'm just going to try to explain it the best I can 
um, and put a little context behind behind what I'm saying here. But that's the economics of it, mm-hmm. the value, if you will. Okay, so um, tight ends um, don't get paid as much on their second contracts as almost almost any other major position. Um, so. Which means, okay, so if you if you uh, if you have a top twenty tight end in the NFL right now, the top twenty tight end contracts are between five and ten million a year, and that's pretty low. Um, the the best example, you know, considering um, my guy was Brian Burns, and the, there were other guys um, similar. Um, there was also uh, um, Ed Oliver, who a lot of people wanted. Montez Sweat was, you know, a, a thing. Um, other other pass rushers, etc. So I, I I looked up the uh, pass rushers, the edge rushers, which doesn't include Oliver, but I figured it still made sense to do that. Uh, their average contract for the top twenty. Is between eleven point five and twenty three point five million. So between you know, somewhere between two and three times more average per year. Mm-hmm. The point that we're trying to make there then is that if you have a good pass rusher as a rookie for five years, you can avoid paying you know anywhere between maybe. Five, six to ten, twelve million a year mm-hmm. um, for that for that position. So that, that's the arbitrage, right? You're 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 getting say say ten 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 million a year in savings, right? I'm right? um, a couple a couple examples to look at. Trey Trey uh, Flowers is number four amongst uh, edge rushers at eighteen million a year. Which is, I mean, it's a lot, but it still wasn't a bad deal. Uh, it was the, it was definitely a market deal, and, and like, I'm not, I'm not upset with that deal at all. No, not uh, at all. It, it could have been a lot worse for him. Actually. Right, right. Yeah, we, we Jesse well. James is going to be making only a little bit more, frankly, uh, than um, T.J. Hawkinson as, as far as his average uh, yearly contract uh, for you know compared to a first round pick, as high as he went, mm-hmm. uh, around five point six five million. Um, and he's number 17 in the, in the top 20 tight ends. So you can see the difference. And, and, and no, I'm not, I'm not comparing Jesse James to Trey Flowers in terms of where they, where they stack up uh, in their sure, sure, positions. Sure. But I mean, you could just see the massive you know, gap between those salaries. There's mm-hmm. you know, um, 13 million, 12 million you know, gap. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty normal gap between you know, a tight end and a... Um, Let's put a little bit of a little bit. What if we were to sign Kelsey um, on the open market? Just, I mean, in the ballpark, right? I mean, if you're going to sign him, he would probably have been around uh, ten mil. So you're looking at, you know, you, you look at the difference there, like an eight million dollar difference at yeah. that point, right? And between yeah. two two guys that are at the top of their positions, it's just the tight end position versus a you know an edge position like that. So I think that gives you the good kind of uh, kind of arbitrage or the difference between what the the position costs for the the top level player. I just wanted to explain to people what what was meant because I know you, you know when people say value when people talk about the economics of it it doesn't always um it, it it's not always obvious what people are talking about and it's that it's that difference of that 8 million dollars that if you went to a different position and that position was successful um that's the money essentially you'd be saving 
over the over the course of their you know per year over the course of their rookie contract, and that's why um, I and you know many other people questioned the value of the pick. Um, yeah. Now, no, I mean you could you can say that um, that tight ends are undervalued, and I would agree with you. I think the value of tight ends will probably start to creep up a little bit. But unless the NFL recognizes it the same way that fans do, that the tight end, you know, value is under, under, you know, under, um, valued, then it doesn't really matter. It only matters what the, what the NFL markets actually play out as. And let me, let me tell you, I mean, maybe I can put it in, in, <laughs> in simpler terms by using Forex, foreign exchange. <laughs> Although I think, I think I can. All you're doing is playing a spread difference. That, that's really, really where you're at, right? Because the difference between what you're going to pay a defensive end, an edge guy, and a tight end at number eight on a rookie contract is zero, right? <laughs> you're paying each guy the same right. amount of money because you picked him at number eight. That's that. Now, when you sign a person at that position, you're going to spend difference amount of money so now that debt spread difference is right where this whole kind of concept of value comes out it's like if i'm gonna i'm trying to make money in the foreign exchange market i can it costs me a 50 cent premium to get great british pounds uh great britain gbps sorry and then i decide <laughs> that i'm gonna get the yen but i can i can do a dollar difference in my benefit i can make money by by moving across different currencies by playing the spread difference in the exchange because the exchange isn't always perfect at all times and it it is actually perfect at all times with the the point that you pick in the draft versus the going rate for those positions ideally you always get the best possible deal when you sign in someone at a position and we did a great job with jesse james we did a great job with um Trey flowers. flowers, and then you come to the draft, and you're like, "Yep, I'm going to get the 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 position where I get the very very best guy, and I get the maximum arbitrage value, so that I have the most cap money left." And that's a great strategy. That's absolutely those are a couple level levers you can pull when working your 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 cap strategy. The the reality of the situation is is we're not really in a difficult cap position because we've done so well negotiating these things out, and when you do that. That gives you the opportunity to maybe pick someone who has an impact for your team immediate at number eight that maybe you're not getting as much as the cap arbitrage value on. And, right. And I think that's really the, the, the overall point. I don't mean to undercut you on that case, but no, uh, no, no. I think you had more to it. But you're that's not wrong. really exactly what it is. So, oh, the value of, of one versus the other. Yeah, that, that's probably true. But we've spent so much money on and, and, and effort uh, building the defense here. And our offense was was really in um, not a great shape, not great shape leading into the draft. Um, that that g being able to have the luxury to um, not worry as much about that quote unquote value because your cap situation is okay is is just fine. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. And I think there's a lot more reasons that you're going to have to to talk about case, but the value one is. Um, I, I get it. I get it. When we think about Eric Ebron and the value he brought at that time, Mayhew had the cap so screwed up on this team. And to get a guy that couldn't hold on to the ball, who still can't hold on to the ball, no matter what he wants to tell you on Twitter, um, it, it's, it's, 
it, it was a terrible, terrible pick for all different reasons. The idea that you should never ever pick a tight end in the first round. Um, there, there's no we'll get into absolutes, we'll get into right? There's sure. no absolutes, but okay, okay we will we will definitely go down that uh, trail here. Um, just one side note here, um, uh, and a, on a positive, if they the uh, T.J. Hawkinson pick may give them some flexibility to get out under. Um, James's contract after 2020, there's a decent out. Uh, it would still be like 4.3 dead um, cap spread out, but it wouldn't be if it would still save them a significant amount of money down the lane if they wanted to. Um, if, if TJ Hawkinson just proves that we we don't need uh, you know another tight end at at the caliber that James is. Um, it does give them a little bit of flexibility to to add a little bit to the cap. Uh, probably not this year, probably not next year, but after that, um, that uh, so I mean that's a plus. Mm-hmm. So I mean you, you can add a few million dollars back into the you know potential pot there, mm-hmm. and so. you get the CBA coming. So backloading contracts right now. I, I just I'm not as I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. Go ahead. You're no, fine. you're fine. Um, it, Okay, so the other aspect of the value that I don't think anyone's talking about and that does favor uh, the tight end is the rarity of good tight ends yeah, as opposed to the rarity of good edge rushers. Good there are a lot of good edge I think I would, I would, I would, I don't mean to catch off case. I'm no, sorry, no, no, you're fine. But I think, I think great is, is the key, right? I mean, good versus great because there's less than one hand great tight ends in the league right at this point right i'd say eric ebron last year was a good tight end but we know in in the scheme of where he is really everything regresses to the mean at some point he probably had his career year last year um i there's 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 some good tight ends but to get a great one is 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 important and we went way back to super bowl winning teams and it was hall of fame or not hall of fame sorry it was uh Pro Bowl tight ends on those teams is a, is a common denominator for the, the Super Bowl winners for a long time back. It is more difficult to find a really good tight end in free agency mm-hmm. than it is to find a really good defensive end in free agency. Mm-hmm. So there is that aspect of it. And, and so it, when you have the opportunity to take a really good tight end, there is that, you know, just because you're saving money, uh, on it uh, in an economic sense doesn't necessarily mean that um, if you don't take a guy at a position of need now doesn't means that they, with the tight end position, you might be less likely to be able to get one in free agency. Um, there have been guys the last few years that I really wish the Lions had gone um, hard after in free agency um, and they just didn't. And, and I wish they, I wish, I still wish they had, but I do recognize that there aren't as many of them as there are defensive ends or, or edge rushers, rather. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, okay, so we'll move on. Uh, the next point, and this is, a, this is a positive, I think. Traditionally, and I have talked many, many times in the past, uh, I was very much a believer that taking a tight end early didn't make a lot of sense because it took a lot of time for tight ends to develop. That hasn't been the case as much the last like three, four seasons. Mm-hmm. We've uh, there have been a lot of uh, tight ends that have come out in the last three or four seasons who have put up big numbers, both their rookie rookie and or sophomore years. You're looking at I, I've got a list here. Obviously, there's Kittle, um, Engram, uh, Richard Rogers, Njoku, Cooper, Will Ty, Ebron, Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry, OJ Howard, Mark Andrews, Kit, Chris Herdon, uh, 
even even if you want to look slightly further back, you've got Jordan Reed, Zach Ertz, and Travis Kelsey, who all did really positive things in either their first and or second seasons. I think that narrative made sense at a time when college was having was struggling to um, produce pro ready tight ends, but I'm not sure that's true anymore. No, and I think it raises the. I think it it, it in terms of uh, immediate production, which is part of part of a rookie contract is how much you can get out of them. And part of the reason why I've actually come around on running backs as well is because you can, if you draft a running back early, there's a very good chance that that running back is going to have an immediate impact as opposed to having to wait to develop him for two or three years. And then you only get a couple of years of that guy, you know, really playing at, at a, at a, you know, a, a meaningful value, level right. before their rookie contract is up and you have to pay them. Mm-hmm. Um, Tight ends used to be, and we've said the same thing about cornerbacks, and I still feel that way about cornerbacks. Maybe that'll change too. Um, but the, uh, the value of a tight end in that sense has certainly gone up, at least um, at least in the short term. And whether or not that's a trend and whether or not that's you know fluke or, or just a short burst, I don't know. Um, but it, it, it definitely seems like the tight end position is improving. On a similar note... Uh, Iowa obviously has been doing a good job producing NFL ready tight ends. So Heard a thing there's that aspect that. of it. So I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, no, no, I, I think he, I, I, th- I do agree. Um, the cornerback, right? Even, even an edge guy. I mean, y- you occasionally get an edge guy that comes out of school and makes that immediate impact. But if you're giving up a year, where yep. you have to bring him up to speed, or um, too frequently, yeah, right. How much of that value then is actually are you actually getting right before the production's there? Same thing with a cornerback. We've talked about that a lot. Love getting a cornerback after his first contract's done. Um, right. Love love free agency cornerbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so th- that's that. I think with a tight end, and of course in the first round, especially in the top ten picks, you want somebody who can start right away. Um, that's really your target and what you're shooting for. A lot of teams miss on that. A lot of teams do. But And then in the case of our offense in particular, this was a gaping hole. I mean, it was prolapsed. It was so bad. We needed a tight end. Uh, Jesse James was great, but he was not going to be the, the solution at tight end for us, um, at least not by himself. And we're with Toy Lolo and Roberts out there. So, uh, again, I'm I'm not unhappy with this Hawkinson pick. I think it fits. And I think so far you've made a pretty good case. Case? As to, in your case study, as to why this uh, this pick really fixed Fit. So um, the next one, and this is maybe the like um, the the brain versus heart, you know, issue, and that is the that that um, T.J. Hawkinson is not Brandon Pettigrew or Eric Ebron. Um, I, I never ever. I'm not sure I I had ever even looked at um, Valenti before. I, I don't live in Michigan, as you all know. I'm not from Michigan. I don't listen to his radio show, um, but I finally, I, I, I just, as I was doing some research, uh, a video he had um, immediately following, or the, immediately the day after uh, the pick was made, um, he had a video and I was like, nah, fine. <laughs> I'll watch I've it. I'll see, I'll see if it makes anything click for says. me. If it makes any, if it gives me any thoughts. Um, and, and he actually, um, he made a salient point, um, <laughs> at least a partially salient point. I, I still had some issues with it, sure. um, but it, it, it's it's 
fine. It's absolutely fine uh, to dislike the pick for various reasons. We've talked about, you know, various reasons. To dislike the pick because you remember Pettigrew and, and Ebron and, and you were hurt by the way those things turned out. Um, side note, uh, Hawkinson actually compares much better to Pettigrew coming out of college, um, pre-injury Pettigrew uh, coming out of college than he does with Ebron um, in many ways. Uh, they, if you look at their scouting reports, uh, there's a lot of similarities there. Mm-hmm. Um, now that said, obviously Pettigrew, Pettigrew was still of that age when tight ends were taking a long time to develop. Uh, whereas Hawkinson isn't, um, Ebron was too, obviously, <laughs> um, taking a while to develop. Um, but uh, they're, they're not the same player. They're, they're the same position in name, maybe name only, uh, especially Ebron. They, they're just not even close to the same thing. Um, if you want, if you wanted a receiver, which is what I thought we were getting in Eric Ebron, I thought we were getting, you know, the third best wide receiver, or the third best receiver, period. A, a big slot in that receiver, class. right? <laughs> uh, clearly, we were not. And, and he certainly wasn't used in a way that took advantage of, of you know, what he can do. Um, but uh, that that's what we thought we were getting. And, and the hope, obviously, would be that Bevel actually knows how to use a tight end, like a, a traditional tight end, which is what TJ Hawkinson is, traditional two-way tight end. Um, he, we all know none of this, none of what I'm going to say today really has any bearing on the talent level of TJ Hawkinson. Uh, it, it's funny to say that. Like I, I wrote out this, I have this big list of notes. His talent level is not even a thing on my list. Like it's just not a part of this conversation because his talent level is, is through the roof. And that's exactly, you know, Valenti pointed out. It's not about, you know, it's not about how good a player he is at his position. It's about the position itself. And uh, the you can dislike the pick, like I said, for any number of reasons. But if your reasoning for disliking him is because of Pettigrew and or Ebron, then you're really, I mean, you're doing yourself a disservice and hopefully not doing TJ Hawkinson a disservice by creating a toxic environment around him. Sure. We've seen how well that works out. Now I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge a little bit here case, because one of the things that um, the lions are outliers in picking a tight end in the first round. Yeah. Especially now a third time, right? I think two was already an outlier. Um, and even one was an outlier in recent history, but now we're up to three here. And this is, this is a lot. Now I think it was the third wide receiver pick bef- uh, in the first round before we got Calvin Johnson. So maybe there's a little bit of play there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's, that's where the, the fear is. People say, well, no, nobody takes one uh, that early in the first round, except the lions. And it hasn't worked out. So why do the lions keep doing that? Because it's a different player. It's a different year. It's a different thing. It's not the same thing. It's, it's not. GM. Yeah. No, it can't it's be. It's not that I, I don't understand. It's not that I don't understand the trepidation. I do. It's just that that can't be a logical. And I, I guess, I guess that's the thing. Like, I can't, I can't help trying to look at things through as logical a lens as possible. I'm a skeptic. I'm a cynic. I am that way. So that that's where I come at it from. And it's not that I don't understand the 
how can we be the only ones? Because it's not the same. They're not the same people. It's not the same player. It's barely the same position. And it That's, wasn't the same team the three times that we, we right. It's not the same either. team. How many people on the team now are were even there? I mean, barely any players were. And none of the coaches. The GM is different. The hell, the owner's different. Yeah, yeah. And oh, by the way, I like to look for patterns, and I, I found one now. So I'm going to harp on this unless unless Hawkinson's turns into be a good player, then I'm going to find a different pattern to harp on. Because I, mm-hmm. I know I'm right because mm-hmm. I was right before. Plus, I mean, two picks does not a pattern make. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's just like, okay. I mean, you're 100%, sure, but you're 100% on, on two things. Mm-hmm. It, it would be like flipping a, if you flipped a quarter and it landed heads twice, you'd be like, oh, shit, well, this quarter is always going to land heads. What if everyone else was flipping dimes, though? Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, slinging uh, nickel bags over there, or what? Um, Why you need something? <laughs> oh, I could, I could use a little. Um, okay, so I lied a little bit there. I do have like a uh, one little page of note on production, and it just the top just says not a concern. <laughs> um, I mean, he is definitely a lead prospect. Um, if you look at his production in Iowa, I mean. It actually limited because he was playing with Noah Fant, uh, who is, you know, the second tight end taken in the draft and widely considered, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, argued er, uh, throughout the draft process as possibly the better prospect. But ultimately, I think there was more or less a consensus that TJ Hawkinson was the guy. Right. Um, but he was a, I mean, he, he is more in the mold of Eric Ebron. Um, n- better, I think. <laughs> but um, he was, you know. And he's a first rounder also. Yeah, I mean, twenty overall. They were both on the field a lot, so I mean, there isn't that aspect of it. But how many targets you get at the position will, you know, be affected by that. So if you look at Noah's um, production, it isn't necessarily through the roof. Um, That is a good reason to look at why it probably wasn't. Uh, The other way to look at that is though that Jesse James may be uh, having had more experience in the NFL maybe leaned on a little bit more heavily early on as the receiving tight end. Um, So that may affect TJ Hawkinson's stat line. How much you care about the stat line is, you know, up to you. I, I see, I don't care as much about the stat line as I do about the overall impact and the overall impact has a lot of other things going into it. Like is what he's doing, helping TJ or uh, Jesse James get open is what he's doing in the run game impactful. You know, those kind of things is, is he able to pass block and and give Stafford time to throw to TJ James? You know, let's talk about a little bit. What does this mean schematically for the team? All right. Because I think we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm not there yet. I want to go there now. (laughs) Let me finish this thought. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, we're, we're that's that's like the next part of my little my little rant here. So just calm for a sec. Mm-hmm. I lost a page. Oh, okay. Um, they do have some similarities, though. Hawkinson and James have some similarities. So there is that. Um, one of the things that I absolutely love about both of them, and I know that some people really don't like this, but to me, it just shows the absolute commitment. Is the is hurdles. They're both absolutely willing to see a defender coming at them and go over them with a hurdle. Um, it typically doesn't actually produce that much, like maybe an extra five yards, but it just shows the um, commitment. 
the commitment. And I think that's a good sign uh, where, you know, you're, you also see him doing, yeah, you know, good stiff arms, um, always, always trying to play through contact, uh, not falling down the first time somebody touches him. Well, <laughs> Those were concerns let's, in the past yeah, force. Yeah. Let's also, you know, uh, tight ends. When you see somebody that big coming at you with a full head of steam, you don't, you just don't want to tackle them high. You just don't because it's scary. I remember we used to play um, football on the weekends, and uh, one of the guys that played with us, he, he played wide receiver for Grand Valley State, right? Um, none of us were were college football players at the time, but that SOB would get the ball, and he'd be coming, and he, had, he was fast, and he was big, and it'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to miss this damn tackle. This boy's going to hurt me. I mean, we didn't play. You know, there's no pads, helmets. It was just backyard so but it was tackle because we're that smart but um it, you just see something and, and it's it's you see that coming at you and you're just like oh god how can i get this the beauty is is players are gonna go low on big boys like this like jesse james mm-hmm. and like hawk and because they go low yeah <laughs> when you can hurdle like that right these guys are going low because they don't want to come up high on, on a tank flying at 100 miles an hour that gives them that opportunity to use that hurdle to their advantage and fly across them and grab a, a bunch more yards um especially in those kind of one-on-one situations because they've got a head of steam at that point right so maybe there aren't as many guys around them um we used to see that ebron would try whatever you know i mean all you had to do is get near him and he would fall down and and, and tumble yeah. to the ground he so. really was terrible playing through contact period yeah, yeah. so this will be this will be really interesting to see what these guys bring in that regard the team and boy i mean when you start thinking about schematically what it brings to the team right Right before we get to that right (laughs) before we get to that i have one little side note that i forgot um having a second tight end like him uh, having two tight ends like jesse james and tj hawkinson does add some injury insurance yeah no because if one guy goes out he doesn't have to absolutely wreck your game plan okay now (laughs) what does he bring to the team in terms of um what they can do with him. And nah, what does let's not change. talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I'm not interested. Okay. So first of all, uh, if you look historically, you know, at the Lions, um, they have not had a good short pass game. They've struggled um with it. With, uh, Golden with, Tate was Golden Tate was excellent you, in that realm. Uh, Fells had had definitely had high potential there. Uh, Bolden was a clutch player there, but overall they've struggled. So uh, in many ways, you're looking at uh, Jesse James and TJ Hawkinson as the replacement at that position. And let's talk a little bit about that because Golden Tate wasn't a big guy. He had hands, he was quick, he got all kinds of separation and all that kind of stuff, right? But he wasn't like a giant target. Bolden was, right? Bolden and he was, was old man strong, and, and he'd catch the ball and drag a dude for three yards to get the first down. Exactly. He wasn't, he didn't have these wicked moves. He didn't, he didn't generate 400 yards of separation, right? He was, he just was good at catching big, the ball away from his body and presenting a, a yeah. good, like, a good um, uh, catch radius and, and TJ Hawkinson is also good at that. And that's exactly. the kind of thing like he can catch a ball, you know, outside where, where the DB or the linebacker can't reach him or can't reach in and, and take it away and then still stand up for another couple yards after that. So, so in those, in those short situations, that's clutch. We've seen Stafford have success with all different types of guys in that, in, in that position. He didn't have great success with Toy Lolo or Roberts <laughs> uh, for, for obvious reasons. Now, now, all of a sudden 
we don't just have a Bolden and we don't just have, I mean, I never felt like we could count on Ebron, but we don't just have a Golden Tate. But we do have two guys that can do that, right? And and I think that's that's key, especially on the field at the same time. Two guys that can move the chains for you, get you four to six yards uh, with a quick catch is a huge, huge boon to this team. And it forces teams to play you uh, to honor your, your short passing, short to mid uh, length passing game which I don't think they did historically the last couple of years for us. It's funny. Uh, the number of different comparisons I've seen for TJ Hawkinson to other players. Um, I've seen, you know, obviously the Gronk thing came up early. Mm-hmm. That's always like, I don't, I don't always love that comparison just because I mean, Gronk was, it's either Gronk or Ebron that people are doing um, about t- tight ends. In right. Detroit. But I mean, I've seen comparisons to Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey, Jason Witten, um, any number of guys. I have seen all those comparisons. Um, I think Jason Witten might be the one that I hope for the most, to be Mm -hmm. honest with you, because that dude was constantly coming up clutch in short yardage passing situations. And that's, I see that in TJ Hawkinson. Now, in college, he was used down the field quite a bit. I'm not sure that's going to be his strength early in his career. But I do think that early in his career, he'll still be a force on the on the short yardage passing game. And that is truly, that's how you keep a drive going. Mm-hmm. And we struggled with that, especially in the red zone. Um, so in short yardage passing situations, especially once we're on the ops, uh, opposing side of the field, he will be a major player for the team. Third um, down blunt up the middle. How many times? Right. Yeah. How yeah. many times? And all yeah. of a sudden, there's a completely different option on the field now. It's and in, in, options. So, so yeah, for sure. Schematically, that's that's a big deal. All right, go on. The other way to look, um, and and this is where like this is where I kind of gave up and fell asleep. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about this a little bit uh, with the next guy we talk about too. But um, NFL defenses, and we've talked about this quite a bit, it, uh, have transitioned towards nickel and dime packages quite a bit. Yep. The move towards a strong two tight end set may come off as um, a relic of yesterday. Mm-hmm. But part of the reason it's a relic of yesterday was because everybody was moving towards the, you know, the, the faster um, outside uh, it, using, you know, slot guys and, that positions boost as well as, you know, just using speed on the outside and that kind of thing. Um, If you see everyone else going in one direction and you go, well, here's what used to work against, you know, um, mismatch situations, go back the other direction and you might find a lot of success going that way. Well, yeah. And and what you're, (laughs) if everybody's doing the same thing, or, or heading it towards the same type of thing, then you know the majority of your teams are going to be that you're playing against are going to be set up in that way. And you look to say, how can I exploit that? Whether you're moving backwards or forwards or whatever, that evolution, instead of playing the game like everybody else is today, you're evolving beyond where everybody else is today. Back, it, it may be a backwards, you know, because look, there's only so many things you can do <laughs> in the NFL as far, as far as schemes and stuff. But if the majority of your teams are set up that you're going to play against in a certain way and you can change yourself and the threat that you put on the field to dynamically be different than what they're prepared for, you've given yourself a comparative advantage to the majority of the teams that you're going to play against, period. There are fewer and fewer linebackers in the league who can cover tight ends mm-hmm. um, or cover anybody in the pass game. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to see a lot of teams try to match him up against a, a defensive back. 
Um, and that's always going to be a win for him when he can use his body and his strength. And that puts Jesse James against a tight end then. Right. But I'm sorry, oh, against okay. a linebacker. Right. I, I knew what you meant. Yeah, I knew yeah, what you yeah. meant. And so one of your guys is going to get be against a linebacker, period. And so now you've got the mismatch of the cornerback. you got a bad linebacker. And you, you, you've, you've changed your approach. Uh, and also with the nickel on the field and with those guys being the way that they play in the way they are, they both help you shore up that little bit of a gap at your right guard by helping oh, get absolutely. extra help. We'll talk about we'll talk line, about yeah. him here. He basically added a, another tight, another offensive lineman. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you watch his game film, I mean, he's constantly going up against. If you have a tight end who can reliably go up against an edge rusher, and and I mean, there's some you know really good edge rushers yeah. in our division, mm-hmm. um, and and. Even give it, even do a you know mediocre job um, of of holding them back. That's generally speaking, if that's the position you're putting your tight end in, then you know you're not gonna you you're you're not looking to have him hold that forever. But T.J. Hawkinson is really good at it. Um, he can he can give your quarterback time against a good pass rusher. And that's something I want people because so often that goes I don't want to say unnoticed, but it's 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 the kind of work that doesn't get the high reward. Uh, from folks, uh, uh, you know, who who watch games. If if Hawkinson doesn't make those touchdown catches this year, oh, that was a bust, right? But if he becomes our best blocking lineman, all of a sudden, that was a pretty dang good pick because again, the dual threat changes how other teams have to scheme against you and create gaps that you can take mm-hmm. advantage of elsewhere. And that's something that you absolutely have to uh, evaluate and look at with this team this year. Um, there's a lot of talk that this is going to be a run heavy team. And uh, after what we saw last year with our run game, um, your hopes shouldn't be too high. But then you look at some of the changes we've made, and we may have very well put ourselves in a position to take advantage of some mismatches, put teams in positions that they're not comfortable with and not used to defending uh, or defending in ways that they're not used to and not you know optimized for. Um, it creates a, a real interesting opportunity for this team this year to do some some really neat things offensively. Make sure you you look at how the totality of Hawkinson's play, not just how many touchdowns does he catch to play on that. If you're putting an opposing team in a position where they feel like they have to field three linebackers, despite not really having that great a talent at linebacker, then it gives you a boost in the run game as well, because, because what he can do to linebackers is just completely eliminate them from any given play. Like that, that's not a problem for him. He just takes them out. And, and if you have a guy who can do that, then you've forced the other team to play a weaker player um, because they felt it matched up better uh, against him, you know, as a receiving threat. Mm-hmm. Then you, you give yourself the, uh, a versatile option to run the ball when... Um, what happens when you do that? You create confusion. What happens when you do that, but your play is a throw to C.J. Anderson? <laughs> right it gives you so many options right, right, so right. many things you can do to take it they've got their three linebackers out there they're they're trying to cover tight ends they're fighting right, back and exactly. cj takes it takes exactly. a pass in the flat all of a sudden another ball of wax right you you've now created a scheme that takes advantage of uh forcing a defense to do what you want them to do to try to cover you in a way that isn't optimal for them I, that's one of the big pluses here uh and this isn't this isn't scratching it you know at, at, for for fool's gold this is really kind of analyzing how this team's built that you look at the bevel higher and the other pieces and how this kind of flows together and what this looks like and i think this this makes a lot of sense 
I love this case study. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's pretty much everything I have to say. I mean, everything that comes after this is about what Bevel is able to do. Uh, you know, if TJ Hawkinson is ready to go week one, if um, if the if the combinations if they if they do a really good job with drawing up plays with the two tight ends, if they do some good misdirection, if they do some good jobs of confusing opposing defenses as opposed to, you know, making it perfectly obvious exactly what we're going to do on every play. Like we, we saw with Jim Bob Cooter. Um, I mean, that's, I don't know. And I, I'm not here to here to say, you know, that uh, they're going to be successful at it. I'm just saying that there's the opportunity for them to be very successful at it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. They put themselves in a position to be successful at it. Yeah. And, and, and doing it without going overboard on drafting on offense. Right. I mean, we were talking right. about, oh, we were going to go wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, uh, guard. That's what we need there. And then, oh, what about the defense? Right. We've been able to really build this team out. Again, I, I give Bob Quinn a lot of credit. We'll see. We'll see. I know the win loss um, odds are at like six and a half right now for the team. We'll see what we'll see what happens as this the preseason goes on or the, the training camp goes on and into the preseason and stuff. But I can't I can't abide that this team is a seven win team the way they look right now i just can't i just can't even imagine that uh, i know other teams have gotten better but i just feel like what i'm seeing with this team and the more i analyze the way this team is uh i see i see definitely more wins than than, than the six and a half number they're putting out there we'll we'll elaborate on that as we go forward talk more about that um anything else on the hockster no i think i think i shot my wad there Ooh, okay. Well, you clean up, and I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, YouTube. You guys, we're really, really close to hitting a, a milestone that we need, and uh, we need your help. Head on over to YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast and make sure you subscribe. While you're there, if you want to hit the bell so you get notified when we go live that or when we put our new videos up, that's great, too. But we need to get that subscriber base. We're like 80-some away from getting to a magic number, which is going to help us out a lot. Um, you'll notice not just the draft party, but we've been putting out some of the clips from the show on the YouTube as well. Um, we're going to be doing some, you know how we do, right? We're always kind of pushing boundaries and edges and, and stretching things. Um, we need your help, though, to get us to there so we can we can push this to the next level. So check it out, uh, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Go and subscribe. Hit the bell so you get notifications, but at least do the subscribe for us. We really, really appreciate all you folks who have done it so far. Uh, anyone else, go make extra accounts, whatever it takes. <laughs> subscribe to that show on YouTube and uh, and help us out because uh, I think we've got some really killer, killer stuff for you coming up uh, this year and into the preseason. Um, some of it's, um, well, we're, we're we're going to be in Detroit next week, and we'll just talk. There's a there's a shoot going on. We'll just talk about that. We'll leave it there. You guys, I think you're going to be blown away though, and uh, love it. So so get there. Subscribe. YouTube.com/slash Detroit Lions Podcast. All right. Um, we'll move on in the the whole draft. This is an interesting one. Um, Jelani Tavai. You guys may may have heard of him. <laughs> he he made a splash, and we took him in the second round. Uh, we talked a little bit. We had heard some things uh, during the live broadcast, and I and I. I I have to apologize to everybody because I got some some uh, info while we were doing the live broadcast on the Tavai pick and what was going on with Tavai in the background, and I was told not to share it, and I couldn't. I, I've been cleared. Some of it's some of it's out. Some of it people have been, have been talking a little bit about, just kind of in the in the Lions sphere. But um, you guys, there's it's it's absolutely to me one of the things that you know as a person that you have to be is able to keep a, a secret and, and honor your sources and things like that. So um, that, that trust that you build and, and that I've built with people 
um, it's it's what's built the different relationships we've had with Dan, Dean, all the guys that that we do, right? So um, I'm, I'm, I wasn't going to release that. I have a permission now, so it won't seem as big a deal. Like I said, people are talking about it, but in the moment, I'll tell you that what we heard and what we had was that uh, the Patriots were trying to trade up for him, and uh, so the the Eagles were super super uh, ready for Mr. Tavai. He offers a lot to a team. He's a, he's kind of a guy that you don't see as available at that linebacker position anymore. And um, this, this in, in the moment, it's funny because there wasn't a lot of data. He was not a guy that any one of us mocked, but there was at least three teams that knew about him and were, were gunning to get him. And uh, the Lions, Bob Quinn even said he didn't think he'd be around. Uh, that's why I moved up to get him. So there's there's a lot going on there. So I, I, I did want to share those secrets, but ask the sub. So there you go. All right, case. I don't think we're doing a whole case study again, right? This is just no, no, some... no. We may at some point here, but yeah. um, just some basic thoughts. Um, I do agree that you know, um, <laughs> first of all, um, we we've talked about this, but Bob Quinn doesn't give a fuck oh what we or any of you think. So it's all good. And, and I. You know, and and I really like that about him. And I know that some other people do too. Um, I appreciate that he's not feeling... I mean, I I want him to feel beholden to fans in the sense that he's trying to win. (laughs) I don't want him to be beholden to fans in terms of what's popular. Because what's popular isn't always right. And... I wasn't popular, so. Um, and you're but not I am right. right. No, and you're not right. <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely not right. <laughs> Maybe a bad example. Maybe a bad example. But you get the point. Um. <laughs> All right. So yeah, this 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 was this was interesting. And and again, like you said, not popular. Um, what the heck did the Lions see in this guy? We've heard a little bit in the news, but I know you want to talk about it, and you had a couple pieces about uh, Mr. Tavai. I want to call him uh, Mr. Jelani, but <laughs> <laughs> I want to call a lot of things. His his name could be a lot of fun. We could do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. there'll be a name bracket later. I, the Hawaiian lion thing is probably going to stick. Yeah, yeah. But um, all right. So Tavai uh, is a traditional old school linebacker, and if you if this sounds familiar, it's because it's it's not that dissimilar from T.J. Hawkinson being a traditional old school tight end. Um, he is the kind of guy that, like I said, other teams might struggle, um, if they had to put out a third linebacker, he's the kind of guy that would help the Lions in a situation where they needed three linebackers. Mm -hmm. Um, now, now I would also hope that he, at some point, hopefully this year wins a starting rollover from Christian Jones and even takes some pass rush snaps away from, uh, uh, Kennard. But, uh, but at least initially it gives them the opportunity to put three linebackers on the field and not have it be a, a major detriment. Um, now will I argue that he was overdrafted? I mean, probably a bit like that's fine. Um, but at the same time, as Bob Quinn said, you know, he probably wasn't, despite, you know, draft Knicks thinking he wasn't going for another one, two, three rounds. Uh, there was interest. There was a lot of interest, uh, more than, more than they knew more than we knew. Um, and the same thing happened last year with Ragnow. So, I mean, boy, just we because- regret that pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quinn can't draft. Just keep that one going. I'm, uh, I'm not like 
crazy optimistic that he's going to be like a superstar his, his rookie year, but I do think he'll be a contributor. And I do think that used in the right ways, which is exactly what Patricia, Patricia likes to do is use players in the right ways, as opposed to just sticking them out there and asking them to do everything uh, that he's likely to be successful. So yeah, ab- absolutely. He's a thick boy too. He's big. <laughs> oh my god, it, it is Sir Mix-a-Lot booty thick. That's right. That's right. That's he's he he is a big boy and uh, a different different breed. Um, there's something else about him too, and you talked about Patricia using people in the way that they want. One of the things that Patricia had to get used to uh, with the Patriots was never picking in the top twenty-five. Right, yeah. Picking p- picking pieces of talent that were lower down the board and and making use of them, and and then sometimes they'd get an offensive piece, and you'd be now somewhere around fifty to sixty where you're picking at, right? And and that's his first defensive player that he's going to get. Holy cow! How do you do that? Well, one of the things about the way the draft is structured and why it's structured that way is because they have a team of of players and playmakers. I could argue that this defense has a heck of a lot of players uh, and pieces in place where there's not significant gaps throughout the roster that maybe uh, the Lions have had uh, in the past. The work we did in this offseason with free agency filled in a lot of the gaps we had and uh, created a team that um, was able to truly pick up a later round, we'll call it, guy uh, even though it's a second round, to to fill that gap and uh, be a guy that Patricia wanted. Now, of course, the ghost of T's Tabor is maybe it's the corpse of T's Tabor at this point is is haunting Allen Park and in, in, in our dreams of the second round. Um, again, we try to look for patterns, and because we had a second round uh, bust, now uh, if we have a guy that we question, they're all busts at second round, right? You're, you're trying to draw a line with just a couple of points here that maybe isn't the case. This will have to play itself out. Is 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 he going to be Teddy Bruschi or Hightower or whatever else? Maybe. I don't know. We'll have to see how he's used. Um, what we have, though, is what looks like a general manager who is really high on him, we have a coach who seems to be pretty high on him, and we have a couple other teams that were pretty high on him as well, and absolutely wanted him in their in their system and in their scheme. So this will be an interesting one to play. This is one of those test cases, right? Either you're an absolute genius or you're a complete fool. Had Tabor worked out, I don't know that anybody would have called Quinn a genius because he was ranked pretty high, but he was hurt, and there was some some wondering, you know, concerns about that. Um, but this one, if this one works out, I absolutely believe people are going to start saying Quinn's absolutely a genius that he saw something that nobody else did. Yeah. All right. Anything else about Mr. Tavai that you'd like Not to share now. with us? We'll, uh, we'll undoubtedly come back to this later on. So, All right. All right. That's the Hawk, TJ Hawkinson, Jelani Tavai. Don't forget, get their jerseys. There's and anybody else's that you want to get. You want to get Trey Flowers' jersey. It's all available at Fanatics. Head on over, though, to DetroitLionsPodcast.com and uh, use the shop link. It'll take you over to Fanatics. You can get your jerseys and and uh, can koozies and coolers and umbrellas and any kind of things you need for your your summer barbecues. You want the the Lions Grill? That's great. The the the, the burger flipper to put the Lions logo. They got one. Anything you need, all at DetroitLionsPodcast dot com. Hit the shop link. Click on Fanatics. There's also a little graphic to Fanatics you can click, and uh, get going with that. Help them out and uh, get all of your Lions gear there, and help us out because they give us a kickback. Also, it helps you out for the folks that are coming to the training camp party. Um, Fanatics loves to give us some giveaways and gift cards and stuff, and and they do that because we're their number one podcast uh, partner. So just 
pretty cool stuff from all you guys doing all that. So uh, join us, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on that Fanatics link to get any of the Lions gear you want to get, and that helps get more stuff available for everybody later at the party and everything else and give us a kickback. We're doing something you're going to do anyway. All right. Move forward. You'll notice, Case, that I am wearing my gray. It is, of course, a Lions shirt. But uh, I am wearing gray today. And uh, gray in May, I never knew that until I was uh, perusing Kelly Stafford's Instagram, and I found out that uh, it's one of those brain cancer awareness deals. So I got my gray on here to, uh, you know, help raise awareness of brain cancer. We'll talk about it a little bit. Kelly had a new Instagram post that just came up. Did you see it, Case? I did not. Oh, well, let me tell you all about it. Um, she, she, it's, it's a long one, uh, but they, they'd seen doctors all over, settled at University of Michigan Hospital, of course. Um, they would take their dog to Michigan State. Don't leave the, the state people the agriculture crew away. Uh, anyway, so yeah, U of M hospital and, uh, they had Dr. Thompson who, who I look at him and he's a, he's an interesting guy. He, uh, she said he reminded of her, reminded her of her dad. And, uh, they went through, there was a point, um, where she could have lost her hearing and, um, the doctor, and this is incredible. If you think about these guys who are sitting here, um, Working with people's lives, I've got your your nut cracked open, right? Your head, I mean, uh, and and You're not. <laughs> it's anyway. Um, they crack that open. They're looking around and they're doing some work, and uh, it's like, oh wow, we're not seeing the the hearing working right. It's like, oh, what do you do? Yeah, let's all sit back and hold out for a second, right? It just doesn't seem like you have that kind of patience, number one, and uh, it's it's pretty crazy. So it was supposed to be a six hour surgery. It was twelve hours. Uh, and throughout the point, they kept going back to Matthew and updating him, the whole thing. Um, they had a, an, an issue that she has talked about, has been talked about, about a um, an artery that shouldn't have been there. Uh, it wasn't part of the cause of anything, but it was just like, crap, we didn't need this also on top of all the other work we're doing around in the, in the brain here. But, of course... Uh, good luck would have it that this is the guy that uh, wrote the pa- the only paper on this situation, so he was able to ha- take care of it. Um, preserved her hearing. Kelly seemed super happy that they preserved her hearing and actually mentioned another time, but she also said her face, and um, she was like, yeah, preserve my face, and then moved on from that. It's like, that's pretty important too, right? <laughs> you got to keep your face intact. I don't know. You're, you're a young person. I, I mean, mine obviously has been... You know, I have to iron it every morning, but whatever. Uh, you know, you think that was a big deal. That wasn't. So anyway, they went through, did the whole thing. Uh, she's moving again. You see her um, in another uh, post. She's she's at the gym. And, and that's insane to me that she's up there and, and trying to work. Has to relearn, I believe, how to use her, her right I side. I liked how she phrased it. Um, she said that uh, without that it affected the movement in one of the side of her bodies and it, and it was uh um comparable to being college drunk yeah yeah <laughs> like laying down like oh no it's gonna be bad tomorrow college drunk yeah absolutely um but and so she's relearning and she's going at it and that's great she pushed hard early she had to go back to the hospital doctor made the hour drive to go check on her and it's i heard a similar story while we we're doing the saint jude stuff of the uh number one <laughs> pediatric oncology doctor is at uh, the hospital there in uh, Tennessee and um, he's working on Saturday doing rounds because he cares so much. Just incredible. These, these doctors, how much they, they care about their patients. So working hard, taking care of her and uh, seems to be, you know, on the right road, on the road to recovery. So best of luck. I got my gray on for, uh, you know, brain cancer awareness. Let's, uh, let's take care of folks with, uh, 
with that and help the folks where we can we did our saint jude thing and uh we're gonna recoup we'll keep we'll keep going the the charity thing felt good so uh, we'll keep working on something we'll find some good causes throughout the year to to keep supporting but much love to kelly and matthew and the family and uh we hope everything it works out to the the very best of its ability and uh you know you know this is a family that after it comes out the other side they're going to do what they can to help folks out as well after walking that path. So let's, we'll see how that plays out too. That's good stuff. All right. Moving on, thinking of things that maybe aren't expected. No show next week. As I alluded to a little bit earlier, I'm going to be in Detroit. We've got a, a shoot. We've got a video shoot, some stuff going on. Uh, we'll see what's going on. Maybe I'll see some of you folks at taste of the lions. Uh, that's not the, the video shoot place, but it, you'll get a hint if you if you seek us out and find us there. Uh, us, I mean me, because Case isn't going to be there. But um, you might get a little a, a little bit of an insider hint. We can talk about it a little bit. So we'll see you at Taste of the Lions. Got some really really cool stuff going on downtown and some stuff going there. So we look forward to it, and uh, we'll see. There's a couple uh, nights there where I might be free. Um, you guys hit me on Twitter if you want to get together. I'd, I'd love to go out and maybe do a, a drinking night with a couple folks if we can out in the somewhere in the west side we'll try to put something together all right so no show next week apologize for that but in the meantime make sure to get that youtube subscription going let's talk about twitter while we're doing this twitter thing snacks what's going on you, you saw some news roll across about the snacks master what, what did you see there case um well he, he put out a cryptic tweet and by the time this show comes out who knows maybe it maybe it'll already be figured out um that that uh he said something along the lines of big changes are coming and uh nothing uh nothing you know it, good happens unless you're, you know, pushing or, or changing or whatever. Um, something along those lines. Close enough. I didn't, I don't have it right in front of me. But um, people, you know, panic a little bit anytime somebody says anything like that because, um, you know, people panic. Uh, there was some kind of rumor that he was signing with the Patriots, but I mean, he's under contract. So unless the Lions were trying to trade him, um, which I severely doubt they are. I know that that he would like a um, contract rene- renegotiation, but I mean, tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not saying I'm not saying down the line that we can't reward him, but he's only been here for half a season. Come on, let's you know, let's not jump the gun too much on that. Well, um, and beyond that, let's think about. Bob Quinn and uh, think about Matt Patricia. I think Matt Patricia really likes him, really wants him, really believes in him. I think he also brings a lot to the team as far as the the locker room, his his steadiness, his steadfastness, his commitment. Um, I don't think it's – and then you look at how much we have in, in cap. I don't think it's beyond the pale to think that he may be uh, getting signed for some more money locally. I, yeah. I, I don't see it's possible. question. Um I just like given how hard um, they have been with contract stuff, like they're not trying to overpay people or, or they're not trying to, you know, I have a hard time seeing Bob Quinn uh, giving him a significant raise prior to, you know, his contract running out. Um, I mean, if he threatened to hold out, that's one thing and and maybe you, but that we haven't gotten to that point yet. So, um, I don't know. Uh, the other thing that it possibly just could be was something along the lines of he was—he's apparently starting his own podcast. <laughs> so that might he be as—he's got that might be as on. benign as that. If so. he needs some help, he can—he can definitely reach out, and be, be happy yeah. to help him, get him, get him hooked up. 
Uh, yeah. some, some good so it might be as benign as that or it might be totally unrelated. We may never know what it is. I, I, um, it's not time to panic. I know Lions fans are prone to that, but it's not time to panic. Yeah, no, that's okay. Also, um, just on a side note, Jason Pierre-Paul. <laughs> oh, happened? yeah, I saw that. Jesus. I, I laugh and I, and I don't oh, mean to, right? Man. I just think of it in the, in the entirety. Car accident, hurts his neck, uh, fractured his neck, could be out for the entirety of the season. <laughs> He's, you know, he came back to Florida, right? He's in Tampa, um, to, and, and it was Miami, I think, is where he was, where he blew his hand to pieces. This guy, oh boy, what a what a what a storied career! I mean, he's not Plexico Burris level, but <laughs> Jimmy Christmas, I don't even know what to say about it. It's it's something. So that's breaking. We'll see where that. Goes. Yeah, that's that it's place. tough break for both him and the Buccaneers. Um, it'll definitely uh, it definitely hurt the Buccaneers' stock a little bit. Yeah, the Bucks are going to be an interesting team. They're either going to go, you know, they're, unfortunately, a lot of their trajectory is a lot like the Lions and has been over the years, right? Just when you get all that hope, things fall apart. I mean, they did win the Super Bowl, so they've got that going for them, which is nice. But uh, Bruce Arians coming here, a lot of talk about the staff. I think he's he's got two female coaches on the on the on the staff here in Tampa now, and uh, a lot of crazy stuff going on with the team. Uh, knowing that they're coming to Detroit to play, it was it was interesting to see what that was going to hold and what that would be. And this this is a significant loss without JPP. So we'll see what it means for the for that team. On a side note, I know I've mentioned it, but it's been a while. Um, Bruce Arians, I find to be one of the most irritating personalities in the NFL. Oh, absolutely! I can't believe that the personality we see on the camera is truly the man underneath that stupid looking hat. And please, Patricia, quit, quit wearing those dumb. The, the the Arians hat. I, I, I just no stop. It, it makes me yeah. feel disgusted. Yeah. All right, uh, last piece here. Uh, Amazon. Don't forget about it. Anytime you want to go to Amazon, uh, go to Detroit Lions podcast. Click on the Amazon link and get what you want. It's a great way to help the show. Doing something you would do anyway because they're going to give us a kickback on everything you buy. So please, if you are going to do anything uh, via the Amazon, go to DetroitLionsPodcast dot com and use the link there. We appreciate it every time you do that and helps us bring you this this amazing content and these beautiful. It helps me pay for my ironing bills on the face. So, there you go. All right, um key NFL dates uh for the Lions coming up. We've got off-season workouts coming uh the 20th and 21st and the 23rd. I think it's the 22nd off. So, uh the week we are not broadcasting next week, they are not working out. So, so no worries. Um, but I will be there. Uh, the 29th through the 31st, they will have some off-season workouts, and also the 10th through the 13th. Um, June 2nd brings a key uh, key date. It's the salary cap designation as far as post-June 1st cuts. Um, if you cut them after June 1st, what does that mean? That means the salary cap goes... Spread all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yes, it gets yes. it gets very confusing. Um, and, and and the thing is, like every time I look it up, I understand it, and then I immediately forget how it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it incentivizes teams to release players earlier. If I remember that, that way teams have more time to find a place to go. So I think if it's before June 1st, they can distribute it across multiple years. If they wait till after June 1st to do the cut, it all hits that. It's either that or the opposite. I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm thinking, I remember it is, uh, the incentive is to release players earlier. So I think that it gives them the opportunity to spread the cap out before June 1st. That's why I think about that. And it makes sense. If you're a player and you're going to get released, fine. 
Um, give me time to go find another team to play with, right? Because the money doesn't change for them. It just gives them the opportunity to get out there and, and shop their wares. Um, mandatory mini camp coming up June 4th through 6th. And then it gets, it's a long road to hoe after that, my friend. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be keep going. The only thing I know is the last week of June, I'll be back in Detroit again. And, um, we're going to not have a show that week. Uh, 4th of July week. We want to do a, you want to do a, a fireworks party case. You do something with that. I have no idea what's going to happen. Okay. We'll definitely be drinking, that's for sure. Uh, And that'll do it. All right, so that's it. That's going to do it for the show this week. Remember, we are looking for your involvement. Go to the subreddit. Give us our feedback. Let us know what you think of the show, how we can do things better, what you like, and uh, what you don't. And we'll uh, use that feedback to continue to improve and hone on on what you like. In the meantime, give us those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and Spotify, all those places. Let people know that uh, help push the show up the charts. Let people Find it when they get their searches in. Also, thanks for the. Is this my walkie? Sorry, music? I, I, can't, I can't. I can't figure out how to shut this off. You, use the volume <laughs> button. That'd be the first place. Okay, my uh, my walk off music. Don't forget about us on Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Get yourself access to the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet, and that is no lie. Uh, it's on our Slack chat. And for as little as dollar a month on the Patreon, you can have access to that and uh, support the show. Also, we have the pre-show show stuff we're doing. And we do announcements and other chatty stuff that we talk about. Uh, you get kind of inside groove and uh, sometimes discounts for things like the parties and stuff like that. So check all that stuff out. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Like I said, as little as a dollar a month gets you access to all those great benefits. Uh, in the meantime... Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and on Twitter. Get us those follows on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast. It is the very best place to see Case. With no pants on. Damn straight. Also, call us on Skype, Detroit Lions podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. 929-335-4667. Leave us a message. We'll get you on the show. And also come to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can come in your little box automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. Because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. <laughs> Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bags, start the plane. This show is over. Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally that call was 100% wrong. Go fuck yourself, because it's just entertainment.